Welcome to this episode of On The Move, a podcast about missions, international ministry, how God is on the move, changing lives around the world. This week, we have a little bit of a different episode. My name is Jared. I serve as the producer for On The Move. Today, I'm excited to interview our regular host, Leanne White, co-founder of 21C International, to ask some questions about missions and international ministry, especially what 21C International is doing right now and what they're focusing on and what ministry looks like for them. So Leanne, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Jared. How are you? I am spectacular. I'm spectacular. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because we've received quite a few questions already about what 21C does, what it looks like, why 21C does what you do. And so I'm excited to go through these questions today. But I think the first thing that we have to talk about just to sort of prelude our conversation today is the difference between Christianity and the church in America and our perspective on the church versus what Christianity and the church looks like in the global South. This is something we've talked a lot about on the podcast, but for any new listeners or just to recap, could you talk about what church looks like in the global South versus what it looks like in our American context? Sure. That's that's such a great question. So in the global South, which is basically Africa, Asia, South America, and Oceania, the church is growing and at a rapid pace. So some of the statistics that you hear are actually kind of mind-boggling. Like there is a statistic that says there are 50,000 people coming to faith in Jesus every day in the global South. And that is really a remarkable number. And when you contrast that in terms of just conversions in North America, there is obviously a difference. Now, I will say it doesn't mean that Christianity is dead, right, here in North America. I mean, we see little pockets of revival. We see exciting things happening in the church in America in some aspects, but it is not at the same pace. The reality is that researchers believe that Africa is going to become the new center and hub of really Christianity in the world, and that that's going to happen probably in the next 10 years. These are numbers from 2015. So actually, we know that they're bigger numbers now. 84 million in in Nigeria. Kenya had 37 million Christians in 2015. South Africa had 45 million Christians. So that when you think about that, those three countries alone, Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa eclipse even the U.S. population almost, right? I mean, when you add those numbers up. So just the population of the density of Christians in the, in the world population in the global South is, is just greater than in the U.S. because there are more people in the global South than there are in the U.S. And so that would be a distinctive and a difference. Yeah, and I know a lot of those 
studies, a lot of statistics are coming out of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity. We had the privilege of having uh, Dr. Todd Johnson on the podcast, episode number one. And so for any listeners interested in hearing more about that state of Christianity around the world, especially the U.S. to Global South difference, you can go back to episode number one for that conversation. There's like 40 minutes of just solid news and updates and statistics regarding Christianity around the world. Definitely would recommend that episode. I guess the reason why I wanted to ask this question to prelude our conversation is because 21C International is really actively involved in the global South, in missions and ministry in the global South. So in all this growth of Christianity, what is... 21C specifically doing? What challenge are you guys solving? It's a great question. So with so many people coming to faith in Christ each day in the global South, it creates a need for pastors to shepherd and lead and teach those people. Those people need to be part of a local church and local church needs a leader. And so the reality is that people are stepping up and becoming pastors with little to no training, certainly very little formal education in terms of pastor training education. Some of them don't even have a very extensive formal education at all. Throughout the global South, East Africa, for example, the average education achieved for an adult is equivalent to about a fourth grade level. And so there is just a lack of schooling, a lack of formal education for pastors and leaders in churches that are supporting these new excited believers in Jesus. And so 21C saw this need. We actually kind of fell into it, and it's something that I talked about again in an earlier episode uh, when yep. we— when we were back in these same chairs and you were interviewing me, Jared, to kind of <laughs> yeah. introduce what we were, what the ministry was all about. And it wasn't really something that we planned on doing, but we we were made aware of the need for pastors to be trained. And God provided an avenue for us to train pastors through, first of all, Facebook and then through in-person trainings. And so what we do is we come in in a non-formal way and provide biblical training to give pastors knowledge of the Bible that they, in many cases, did not have previously. Some of the things that we hear are a pastor who's been a pastor for almost a decade saying that he'd never read the book of Ephesians before he studied the book of Ephesians with 21C. And that's kind of a mind-boggling yeah. concept for Absolutely. a North American believer to think that you would be un have no exposure to a book of the Bible. But the thing that's kind of the reality is that believers and, and just people in the global South are predominantly oral learners. They're predominantly coming from an oral culture. And reading is just not the thing that they do. Sometimes there's literacy issues. There's you know, statistics out there, a person could go research and and learn the, the literacy statistics in the world today. Uh, but about 70% or so of the world's population is from an oral culture that even if they can read, they prefer to learn in an oral method. 
And so for, for people, for pastors, for Christians, for church leaders in the global South, they just have a different set of circumstances. They have a different set mm-hmm. of needs than North American Christians have. And a lot of the formal education, a lot of the formal training is not the best fit for, for those needs. And so we come in in this non-formal way and provide biblical training to equip them and empower them to lead their congregations and lead them with excellence. One of the questions that I know you guys are asked often, naturally the question is, how do individuals in the Global South become pastors if they're not trained? What happens so that they are the ones that become the pastor if they've never read the book of Ephesians? How does that happen? Yeah, so it's such a good question because the the short answer is they accept Christ and often they're the first person in their area to accept Christ and they are looked to then for leadership in for others that come along and accept Christ. In some cases they accept, you know, they they're in a church somewhere and they follow the instruction and teaching of the pastor in their church to go share the gospel with others and as they go and maybe they go back to their home village and they share the gospel and people come to Christ and then there's a need for a church in that village and so they stay and they begin to pastor a church in their village. But for the most part, over and over again, what we hear in stories from different countries that we visit is that in many cases, the pastors are the ones who've come to faith in Christ first in that area and then are looked to for leadership. In some cases, in churches, there are young people, just like there are here in North America, that they have gone to church, they have a relationship with Christ, and they feel a calling to go into ministry and serve the Lord as a pastor. The challenge, of course, for those people then is, can they afford to go to a formal seminary? Can they afford to leave home and go do that? And in many cases, they can't. And there's also, again, I, I mentioned this already, I think that there's just this sense of urgency to share the gospel and to to follow the Lord in the global South that I'm, I'm not sure maybe we have as in maybe the same measure. And so sometimes it's the, well, I want to do it, so I'm going to just do it now and I'll figure it out as I go along. And so they they just launch, you know, they feel a calling and they launch themselves into ministry, even though... They don't necessarily have the formal training, which is so different than here, right? Here, the idea is you go, you do a four-year degree, and then maybe you get like a residency or an internship or somewhere. Or you do a master's. Or, yeah, or, yeah. You're right. You go on and do a master's, but there's yep. so much extra, so many levels of, of training and layers to it that we think are required to be equipped. And in so many cases, a relationship with Christ is all that people feel like they need to be equipped. But like you say, it's, I think one of the things you were talking about earlier is how training for these pastors in the global South has to look different than how it looks maybe in America, because yes, these pastors are stepping into this calling to be a pastor or to be a a church leader so quickly and willingly 
And at the base level, all you really do need in, in that case, in their context, is a relationship with Christ to share Christ with other people, but also biblical understanding and pastoral leadership, that kind of thing that needs to be discipled and trained and mentored is still so necessary. So if the culture is so oral learning focused, what does training look like for 21C? Maybe walk me through a what a day looks like for 21C training. So in general, our focus is on putting people together in groups to learn together. Just reality, a truth about people from an oral culture is that they learn best in community. I don't know how you felt about doing group work in school growing up, but I didn't like it um, (laughs) because... (laughs) Because usually, you know, it's like one person seems like it, they do most of the work right. from our cultural standpoint. But that's not that's not the approach. That's not the perspective of people in the global south. Mm. They love to be in community with each other, and they actually learn best by being in community with each other as they listen to each other and hear what the other members of their group are understanding and applying to their lives. So a typical training for us involves some delivery of content because we will do an overview of the material to be covered. Trainers go and they will do like kind of a high level overview of what's going to be covered. So if we're going to cover the book of Ephesians, it'll be just kind of walking the participants through the book of Ephesians and what Paul is talking about. But that is not the real focus of the day. The real focus of the day then is putting pastors into small groups where they experience a facilitated discussion, talking about the passage in like bite-sized chunks. So taking, you know, chapter one, the first 14 verses and talking about reading together what Paul says and then talking about what's happening in the passage. What What's going on? What are we learning about God here? What are we learning about us? What are the things that we can apply to our lives from this passage of scripture? And basically that's that facilitated format is then what we ask pastors to do for about a three-month length of time to meet weekly and go through a book of the Bible in a small group facilitated format. So for 21C, we come in and we train the initial group of facilitators. So they get to walk through the material themselves. We talk a little bit about facilitation, what that looks like, what it means to guide a discussion and not to teach in a discussion group, because that's sometimes really hard for some people to do, to just, you know, kind of try to gently uh, steer a conversation, you know, to talk about the passage rather than begin teaching themselves. But the focus really is that we want we want these pastors and these church leaders to have the opportunity to to make discoveries to to see how God's word applies to their lives to see what it means and and the remarkable thing about all of that and a question that we often get and maybe this was going to be a follow-up question and if I'm stealing your thunder I'm sorry <laughs> but a lot of times we get the question of but wait but if they're not a trained pastor how can they know what the bible is saying 
Well, two things. One, we also have written material that kind of goes along with these facilitated conversations. And we do ask that there are people involved that are able to read that material. So there does need to be some level of literacy amongst our groups so that the facilitator at least can read through the material or someone that is working with him can read through it for him or her. There is a written kind of common, small, short commentary that goes along with this group discussion time. The real bottom line answer is they all have the same Holy Spirit we do. And the thing that's remarkable to me, and I'm so excited because we're actually going to Uganda this week, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just always, I anticipate, and I'm so eager to get into situations where we're doing these training events because every time I am blown away by what these men and women see about God and what they perceive to be true about His Word. And it's because they have the same Holy Spirit that we do. And so there's pretty much always somebody in a group who understands, that has the understanding of what's happening in the passage. And if they don't, we have the help in the material to help Mm. guide them to what to what the passage is actually saying so that they don't somehow yep. end up, you know, down the wrong path. But so there is that sure. guidance there. It's kind of like guardrails, I guess, in a way, right? That the yeah. curriculum that we provide is like the guardrails so that nobody gets off and, you know, has kind of pulls into a, a false teaching and then sticks with it. But the reality is that in so many cases, they are spirit guided the same way we are here. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. This actually brings me to one of the questions that was sent in to us, uh, which is, how do you choose what to teach the pastors? You mentioned uh, there's specific passages of scripture that you're going through in these facilitated conversations. There's some print resources that you have available. First, maybe speak to what you've gone through so far with pastors. Uh, and then secondly, how do you choose what, what content to teach? So the short answer is that we started with the book of Ephesians, and that choice actually was not a result of great insight or research on our part. It was because in 2019, when Steve found 4,000 international pastors on his Facebook page in a matter of a couple of weeks, he wanted to create content for them. And he decided to start releasing short videos. And he picked the book of Ephesians because it's one of his favorite books of the Bible. Steve loves um, the Apostle Paul and his writings. Uh, He's written a book about Paul's life and ministry. And for him, it was just a very natural thing to prepare a short teaching series on the book of Ephesians. And we got a request to bring that material, to put that material in writing, and it came from Kenya, which is what launched us into ministry first in Kenya, and now we're in in Uganda, and our material is in other countries in East Africa, even though we haven't been there. So that initial decision was, I wish I could say it was a strategic, we, you know, did the research and learned that this is the thing that, you know, pastors need the most is a grounding in the book of Ephesians to be a good pastor. It wasn't that. It it was just a, a leading from the Holy Spirit that Steve had to teach on the book of Ephesians, and God used that. And 
and has been using that in the lives of the pastors that we've taught so far. So since that was our first study, and since the book of Ephesians is such a practical and yet theologically deep and rich book, it is always going to be the first book of the Bible that we ask new partners in countries that we work with to go through. In fact, one of our partners has said that they they just love it, and all of their new groups are always going to do Ephesians because it contains the whole Bible. And there is an element of truth to that, right? That you you have the gospel. You have, in Ephesians 1, you have that, you know, God called us and He chose us and that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when we put our faith in Christ. And, you know, it talks about that we're God's workmanship and we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. And, you know, Ephesians 4 talks about Christian living and what we have to put off and put on as a follower of Christ. And then it gets practical. It talks about relationships, about marriage and parenting and work relationships. And it talks about the armor of God. There is so much practical Christian living help in Ephesians. And then there's so much deep theology in Ephesians. It really is a fantastic book of the Bible to bring to pastors because they just can apply what they're learning right away in their life circumstances. So that was the choice. That was how we what we decided to do first, which was, you know, just kind of a again, being Steve being led by the Spirit to do the book of Ephesians. And and after that, as we then began to say, okay, wait, God is doing something here and we want to be a part of what he's doing because we see that this is really meeting a need in in East Africa, which is where we got our start. And now, you know, we're expanding into India in 2024. Uh, we have a little bit of a start in Brazil. We have our materials in South Africa. So while we got our start in East Africa, we are moving into other parts of the global South. But with that initial start, we said, okay, so God is doing something and now we need a more strategic plan. Now, now is when the strategy has to come in. So the plan is that we are going to do a short, a short comments book, a short commentary on uh, six books of the New Testament, six books of the Old Testament, and then there's going to be some pastoral leadership and some also uh, just general discipleship type material that we'll release. So we're right now formulating the New Testament series of books. And so Mark is out. So we went from Ephesians, we wanted to do a gospel to really ground people in the life of Christ and his teachings directly. And Mark is such an action-oriented book that it's it's probably maybe the more most concise of the of the gospels because he just really really focuses on the basics of uh, Jesus' life and ministry. And so we have Mark out. We've we've got First and Second Thessalonians just about ready to go, and so that will be the third offering that we have uh, to go into the rotation for New Testament. And then I believe we're hoping to do James. I'm not sure if that'll be the fourth, fifth, or sixth book, but it's one on the docket. So, so we're just trying to trying to craft a, a collection of resources that that hit different parts of doctrine, of theology that that the scripture itself can address directly. So that we're not coming in and teaching doctrine necessarily, but that God's word is. 
uh, highlighting and illuminating the doctrine that we know are things that that pastors and leaders need to have to be equipped. So I think that covers a lot of the questions that we can cover today. We're already sort of running out of time together. So there's just a few that I want to hit kind of quickly as we wrap up. The first actually is maybe a little bit loaded for a rapid fire section, but as the host of the podcast, so far we've had quite a few conversations with some awesome folks. What's one overarching theme or story or just something that you've found through this entire process of hosting the podcast so far that you found particularly encouraging or insightful or just really valuable? What's one key takeaway that you have so far from doing the podcast? I think probably the first thing that comes to my mind is the the truth that obedience to God is what matters the most. And that it's obedience in terms of just taking the next step, right? I mean, we've, like you said, we've had some amazing, we've had some amazing guests and I have loved hearing their stories. I've loved getting to know people. I've loved reconnecting with some old friends and I've loved making new friends through the podcast. It's, it's really been so much more exciting and fun than I even thought it was going to be. But probably if I had to say the thing that sticks out to me the most is that as I think about every person that that we've had so far, it's that in some way or shape or form, they had to step out in obedience to Christ and do something that He was calling them to do. And they did it. And really their example is just a, is a shining example to us. Their lives are a shining example to us that we just need to take that first step of obedience and step out and do what God is asking us to do. From your perspective, co-founder of 21 International, what is one of the biggest challenges that you see headed into uh, 2024 doing the work that you're doing at 21C? So from my perspective, it's that the need is so great that there there is just, I mean, every day at times, there, there are times the requests come in daily. Other times it's it's a few a week, but we we get so many requests to please come to my place. Even in the countries where we are, in Kenya and Uganda, those are big countries. And so we are we are located in, you know, pockets of those countries and and people in other parts of the country are saying, wait, but please come to my place, like come to mine, because that's that's one of the things that, that makes us unique is that we're not requiring pastors to travel long distances to get to us. We go to them. But that creates a challenge that there are so many more places to go and so many more pastors and church leaders that need to be reached. And We just are trusting that God will continue to direct and guide us about the areas that He wants us to be in next because the the need is is truly, I would say, almost overwhelming. So what's one way that people can be praying for 21C International? Wisdom that we really sense where God is leading and directing us, and then more resources. And by resources— I mean, obviously, money is a part of that. Money is the the necessary commodity that allows for resources to be printed, for book resources to be printed, for travel to take place. 
but we need we need people resources too. We need people to join our prayer team because we know that prayer is not a side element of ministry for us. It is really the foundational element of ministry for us that we move under the direction of the Holy Spirit, which we only know what that is through committing things to God in prayer and listening to His direction through the Spirit and through wise voices in our lives. And so I, so for us, that is truly, truly a valuable and necessary partnership that people can undertake with us, that they can become part of our praying, praying core and commit to pray regularly for, for the ministry and for the pastors that we reach. Their lives are in many cases so much more complicated than ours, and, and they need prayer. And we know that you know the spiritual battle all around us is intense and intensifying. And as believers, we need to be lifting each other up in prayer. So prayer support is is a huge, a huge need, and and maybe one of the resources that we need the most is to have additional people praying for our ministry and for the pastors that we serve. Awesome. So as we wrap up, how can folks, if they want to uh, learn more or get in touch with you, or I think maybe we'll do another one of these Q and A episodes at some point. So how can folks get in touch with you? Ask more questions. Uh, hear about what Twenty One C is doing figure out how to stay updated on, on what to pray for, all that stuff. Yeah, so you can find us on the web at 21cinternational.org. We'll put a link to the website in the show notes. Uh, we'll put a link to my email address uh, in the show notes. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Leanne White, if you want to uh, be connected that way. And we'll also, I think, put a link in our show notes for... Uh, a contact us form where you can, if you want to begin praying for the ministry of 21C, you can uh, sign up through that form. And we send out emails about every two weeks. They're not long. They're really actually quite short and hopefully a two to three minute read most weeks, but they're just brief reminders of what's going on and how people can be praying for us. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll have all that information for you folks in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, this is the On The Move podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of On The Move by 21C International. 21C International is a Christian nonprofit organization on a mission to encourage, equip, and empower Christian pastors in the global South by providing free, informal biblical and pastoral training. You can visit 21C International to learn more and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform to hear more about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world.